and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 29. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada. I'm joined by Mil Poirier of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing today, Milt? I'm great, Greg. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. So we had another hiatus. We're going to take a look at a series of weeks here, 27, 28, and 29. Milt, obviously three weeks of data in there, but how would you summarize railway performance during that period? Well, you know, the numbers uh, on their face would certainly say that performance has been improving steadily over the last three weeks for both railways. They're not necessarily improving at the same pace, but the trajectory is consistent for both CN and CP. Just to give you a you know a quick tour of the numbers, if we go back to week 27 for CN, they were at 77% order fulfillment, and then they went to 82, and then they went to 87 in week 29. CP started a little farther back in week 27, they were 66% and then up to 71 and then up to 78 in week 29. So they're both definitely trending in the right direction. CN has been a little bit quicker, if you will, to get their numbers up than CP. But, you know, if you look beyond the the top line performance numbers, there's some fairly self-evident reasons as to as to why CP is uh, is lagging a little bit, I would say. All right. Thanks, Milt. And so so why are some of those lags happening in performance? Well, I think if you look back to where the two railways started, uh, gives you a good indication as to why CN is is moving forward a little more quickly in their improvement. That plus the strategies that each of them have adopted. So, you know, in brief, probably the most important thing is CN uh, was in better shape, you know, coming out of week 26 and into week 27 on the basis of outstanding orders. They were about half, a little bit more than what CP was. CP was staring pretty much 2,000 outstanding orders, which is a huge number. Uh, Coming out of week 26, CN was only about 1,100, a little under that. So uh, a a smaller hill to climb, if you will, for CN. Um, The other thing is that, you know, CN continues uh, what has now become a very consistent strategy uh, of managing demand to match their available capacity. And they're doing that, as we've talked about several times this year, through what I call selective rationing of shipper orders. So if we just look over the last three weeks, for instance, in that same three-week period where their performance has improved week over week over week, you know, they've rationed 600 shipper orders over those three weeks. I mean, those aren't huge numbers, uh, certainly if you compare them to, you know, levels of rationing that we've seen in prior years, but it's just enough to allow them to tamp down demand to a level that they think they can manage and not build their outstanding order count. And on the flip side of that, allow them to address their outstanding order count because their car spotting levels have not really risen significantly. I mean, they've had a couple of good weeks there where they've been above quote unquote average, but generally speaking, they're keeping demand at the same level week after week after week. They're spotting roughly the same number of cars week after week after week. So the way that you get at the backlog is you make sure that, you know, you don't let demand get out of control. You focus on your backlog and at the same time, your new demand and your performance goes up and the size of your backlog goes down. 
So they've done that well, I guess I would say. CP is a different story. Uh, they don't tend to use the rationing tool as much as CM. I mean, they have this year, probably more than we've seen ever from CP, but I would argue less strategically. So, you know, CP has had a challenge and it's an ongoing challenge to wrestle down this outstanding order count. If the numbers remain high, and yes, they have been able to improve their weekly order fulfillment performance in the face of that, but overall, they have not made any appreciable progress on you know the size of the backlog that they're carrying from week to week to week. So you know that's important. How where they started and how they've managed it over the last three weeks. And the other thing for both railways, frankly, is um, you know they've figured out how to improve performance in their most important corridors, and that's really just a numbers game. For CN, that's Vancouver and Prince Rupert. That's a huge chunk of their demand week in and week out at this time of year, particularly with Thunder Bay closed now for the season. So that's probably 70, 80, 85% of CN's demand every week is going to the West Coast to one of those two ports. And for CP, it's all about Vancouver. I mean, when Thunder Bay is in season, that's a, a big draw on their demand, but that's not the case right now. So right now, about 90% or more of CP's demand from shippers every week is for the Vancouver corridor. And they've struggled, both of them, admittedly, in those corridors, you know, pretty much through December and through a good chunk of January. But over the last couple of weeks, we've seen, you know, performance in those corridors specifically start to improve. And the best performance from both of them that we've seen for probably the better part of two months now in those major corridors came in week 29. And not, you know, coincidentally, their top line performance uh, has followed suit. So they're going the right way. They fixed some issues in their major corridors and, and CN is, you know, executing a somewhat different strategy, which is why they're, they're ahead, I guess I would put it that way. So Mill, would they, would they prioritize like the, the I guess deployment of capacity. I mean, obviously they're important corridors, so that that's that's sort of a given. But I mean, would they prioritize versus other other sort of corridors or service lines, say intermodals or whatever, just to to really focus on on movement into those corridors? When when you say they you know try and improve the performance specifically in them, I don't know that uh, you could say that it's a result of prioritizing grain traffic. You know, grain traffic is, as we've talked about many times, 20% of the total traffic that moves on CN and CP systems. A little bit different in the Vancouver corridor, but in, you know, going to Vancouver, it's, it's, it's not far off that number, but they're competing with intermodal traffic. They're competing with coal traffic, with sulfur traffic, intermodal being the biggest one because it's, it's significantly more time sensitive, actually, from the railway's perspective anyway. So yes, I think they're making a concerted effort, but I'm not sure that, you know, uh, grain is seeing consciously anyway, uh, better service or better planning from CN and CP with a view uh, to improve performance in, in those corridors for grain. I think it kind of all flows into, you know, the grand scheme of the plan for all the traffic. And for CN and CP, 
you know, to some extent, I guess traffic has been flowing better in those corridors and grain has benefited. But I don't think that there's necessarily a, a strategic focus on grain to move better in bank in the Vancouver and Prince Rupert corridors. Okay, thanks. Let's dive into the provincial performance. Um, fairly steady across the board, it seems like, but maybe with some some down spots. What did you see? Uh, anything ca- catch your eye in specific provinces? Yeah, as you say, I think, uh, you know, much like the top line for both railways has improved over the last three weeks, the trajectory has been the same at the provincial level for the most part. Um, When you start to look inside at an individual province level, there certainly have been some bumps uh, along the way, uh, even over the last three weeks. CN, you know, has flat out been better, I would say, over the last three weeks in all provinces. Their trajectory is pretty much consistently up and performance has improved uh, pretty much week after week in in each of the provinces. CP a little bumpier. They seem to be challenged for whatever reason to, you know, string together multiple weeks of good performance across all three provinces. They seem to do well in two out of three sometimes, but never three out of three. Manitoba probably is the the sore spot for CP, I would say, based on the numbers. It's been very uh, volatile week to week, even over the last three weeks. You know, you look at week 29, which has been some of the best performance we've seen from CP at a system level and at a provincial level. And they were, you know, 80% plus order fulfillment in Alberta and in Saskatchewan, but in Manitoba, you know, 58%. And when we look at the numbers, it's it's tough to find a pattern. You know, it's not necessarily corridor related. It's as much as anything, perhaps shipper location related, uh, because we do know that there's a fair divide between uh, service levels across individual shippers for CP. But Manitoba's just been bumpy, and it's been bumpy for a good part of the year. And so far, it's staying that way. But, you know, if you take that out of the equation, um, CP service has, you know, generally been trending upwards, certainly in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Thanks, Milt. Well, let's look ahead, as we usually do at the end of the podcast. So I guess two things, like your take on, like, how's demand? Are we are we starting to see it, the start of demand? Why? We haven't had a ton of demand, but is it decreasing, increasing? What are we seeing there? And then... You know, generally, you mentioned the the CP backlog, like the outstanding orders. Um, or have we seen any you know improvement in that? On the demand side, um, you know, steady as she goes uh, might be an accurate description. CN for sure. CN's demand, when you look at it week to week, is remarkably consistent. So there's likely some market issues, uh, you know, behind that that we don't necessarily see. But what we can see and what we do know is, like we talked about a little earlier, is CN uh, certainly looks like they're managing that demand. They've been consistently week after week for the last three months, basically, at about 3,300 to 3,800 cars a week for railway supply cars. They continue to ration uh, orders on a weekly basis. Not a lot, but just enough, I would argue, to keep it in that boundary, because that's probably what they've assessed their capacity as. So not a lot of change when we look forward. I mean, we can only see two weeks out as far as week 31, but that pattern is holding for them. 
CP uh, has been fairly consistent. The issue with CP is always is that, you know, the forward look that we have is volatile because so many decisions are being made in 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 week, as I as I like to describe it, with their dedicated train programs. So you never quite know if your early view of demand is actually going to be the same uh, when you come out the other end of the pipe when we're actually measuring it at the end of the week. Generally speaking, it starts high and it comes down. Uh, probably the one thing that uh, we've seen in the last few weeks and looking out over the next couple of weeks is the high start, if you will, of the demand projection seems to be lower than it used to be. So for a long time, when we got the first view of CP demand, it was 6,000 plus cars a week. And when we look at demand here for weeks 30 and 31, it's more around 5,000 or 4,800. So it seems to be coming down. You know, is that going to carry through beyond week 31? I guess we'll find out. Um, unfortunately, we can only really see two weeks out. Uh, the outstanding order issue is a problem for CP. It's been a problem all year. It's It continues to be a problem. And I'm not quite sure, you know, when they're going to get out of it. But, you know, if you go back to September, week six is kind of when they fell behind the eight ball. And they've been carrying that backlog for the last 23 weeks. It's gone up and down, but it's never gone away. It's been really bad in some weeks and better in others. But over that 23 weeks, you know, they've been as high as 2,000, but they've never been lower than 650. So it, it continues to plague them. And even in week 29, I mean, they've got 1,500 plus outstanding orders coming out of week 29, even though they've improved their quote unquote service levels as measured by order fulfillment. The one thing that we have seen, though, that's a little bit different with CP and I'm not sure that this is not just coincidence. I'm, I have a hard time believing it's strategic. Maybe it is. Is the 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 makeup of the outstanding orders is changing? So the mix, if you will, for the longest time, you know, the the vast majority of of outstanding orders each week for CP were just orders that they didn't fill for that particular week. But what we started to see over the last three weeks or so is the percentage of those orders that are older than one week has been growing. And that kind of hit a peak in week 29. So in week 29, they're coming out with uh, 1,500 plus outstanding orders. And 47% of those orders, a little over 700, are more than one week old. So they're coming out of week 29 with some unfilled orders for week 25, 27, 28. So that's different. I don't think it's a situation where they're focusing on new new outstanding orders in order to prop up their, if you will, their their order fulfillment calculation. That just seems too strategic based on what I've been watching for the last 10 years. It's probably just more coincidence, but that's what's flowing out is is the age of orders is growing. And frankly, I don't see them solving this problem anytime soon. I think it's going to take you know, a significant decline in market demand that's going to allow them to catch up because their capacity doesn't seem to be increasing. Their car spotting remains insufficient. It doesn't seem to be increasing materially or consistently from week to week. So until the overall level of demand actually drops, which it will, that's just the way the market works. So as we get into April and May, 
it will the curve will come down and then CP will catch up and then they'll get even. But I, I have a hard time seeing based on what we've seen over the last three, four months that they're actually going to get this backlog under control uh, until that uh, until that happens. Hey, thanks, Milt. That is some uh, aging demand for sure that's happening there. Not great for the sector. Well, thanks, Milt, for that rundown of three weeks. Uh, our intention is to keep doing this weekly going forward. So hopefully we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks again, Milt. For those who'd like to see the report, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.